Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday, a new weekly shows that we're putting out dedicated to educating the Latino community about uh, news and just relevant things that are going on in our society today. So for example, on this episode today, we're going to be talking about the housing market and if it's becoming more affordable or less affordable. Uh, We're also going to be diving into a dope story about two Latino entrepreneurs that have created vegan leather using cactus. Pretty dope. We'll dive into that. And we're also going to dive into how to network, right? Uh, Networking is, is is essential when we're talking about building community, um, you know, business, entrepreneurship, and just developing as a person, very essential. So we're going to be diving into all three of those topics today. Before we do that, we got to do two things. Number one, if you can share this episode with just two other people out there, two other people that need to hear this information, these topics, or maybe a previous episode you heard, let the people know, share this episode with somebody, hit those three dots in the corner, share, share it on uh, Facebook, Instagram, text it out to a couple different people. That would mean the world to us. You know, we come on here every single week consistently um, to get you guys this information and these quality interviews as well. So if you can do that for us, that'd be amazing. And the second thing is, Jeremiah, bro, what's going on? How are you doing today? I'm blessed, bro. I'm blessed. I'm super excited about us hopping into the uh, the topics that we have today. And like I said, I challenge my guys. You got to get those two people, yeah. man. We got to get them out, you know, because this is pertinent information. And Chris, you know, we just really we're super appreciative of obviously the platform that you built. And we want to make sure that everybody's having access to this information. So, Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, but let, let's jump right into it, man. Um, how to network. You know, this is something that we hear all the time we hear that we need to do it, but how do we network, right? Especially for introverts out there that are young or people that are even Mm -hmm. older that have never networked with anybody. Maybe they've been working at jobs their whole life and they're stepping into entrepreneurship or business and they hear they need a network, but like, yo, how do I even, how do I do this? Right? Like I'm, I'm so accustomed to just being to myself and just, you know, just, just showing up to work. You don't need to necessarily do any of that. Right? So, uh, talk to us, bro. Like, what, what what are your thoughts on networking? I have a couple bullet points as well we can dive into. So for me, I'm always the type of person that anytime that I stepped away, because I did a, I did a professional job as well. I was a chemical engineer uh, for about 15 years, right? Along with my financial business, I was doing that, growing that agency. But during that time, I was doing a, you know, a regular nine to five. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say about it is, is as you step into, like you said, into the world of entrepreneurship, you're going to want you're going to have to network. Right. And you're going to want to know how to properly do that, because there's a million different ways. There's a plethora of different gurus and people that are going to tell you to do all these different mm-hmm. things. Look, today, me and Chris are just going to give you practical steps and keep it very, very simple. I'm going to be honest. You're going to have to talk to people. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to talk. Being an introverted entrepreneur means your company most likely is going to be a broke entrepreneurial mm-hmm. endeavor that that's where that about ends up just keeping it mm-hmm. honest right but with that being said first bullet for me or first step for me is seeking the proper information or the proper structure 
right, for your networking. For that, um, I want to try to suggest something. And what I'll suggest is this book. It's GoPro uh, and it's seven steps to becoming a network marketing professional. And it's by Eric Worre. This totally changed my life when it came to me understanding the way to network, me understanding leads and indirectly the, the whole business structure of how to build out like client acquisition, continuous client acquisition. How do I approach people? How do I thank people? All in that book. Uh, shameless plug to him. But yeah, totally changed my life. GoPro. That's number one. It'll give you the instructions of how to lay the framework. And then number two is get you self-development, mm-hmm. right? Self-development is a major, major thing when it comes to you and networking because and networking can be combined with your self-development in going to seminars mm-hmm. that help to build your brain, help to build your brand, help to build your marketing skills, help to build your mental and understanding how to process things properly. And at those seminars, you'll meet other people who are just like you, who have, you know, different other different industries. They come from different other points of view, different other sectors. And you can meet with them, combine your talents with them or partner up with Mm -hmm. them. And so for me, like I said, number one is getting the proper information. GoPro, I suggest that. And then number two was obviously making sure that you do self-development and seminars and stuff are great. Right. So invest in yourself. That's the greatest investment that you ever have. When it comes to your networking. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I want to hit on um, so you kind of understand like why you need a network, kind of the mindset of networking. But also you're probably curious, where should I be networking? Yeah, like where should I go? So I want to give you guys three places that I personally have went and continue to go to build my network. I do all three of these things still to this day, and I'm sure Jeremiah does as well. Uh, number one, in-person events, networking events. Uh, it's funny be when I when I first moved to Dallas, I think it was like like three days into the week. It was the weekend already, and I was already hitting a networking event out here, just trying to like get to know people, uh, connect with people, and just to see who was out here, meet people and whatnot. So look in your area whether there's if there's there's networking events. I think if you go on not event right, what's the website that shows you the the different events that are going on in your area like there's a website i forgot the name of it i'll link it down below but you can type in like eventbrite does it as well you said what it, it does eventbrite does it, it does as it well. as well right so yeah you can go but, but you're probably saying be more specific yeah it might be in meetup is it like meetup it might be it might be where you can type in your okay. address or type in your location and then type in what type of meetup or event you want to attend and a bunch of them usually come up for me I follow people on social media that I would love to connect with, or maybe they're in an industry that I want to be in. And, you know, they have networking events, they have masterminds and different things that you can attend. And so anytime I come across one, it doesn't matter what city it's in. I've been to networking events in Chicago, New York, Florida, all over the place. I'm going right. Especially if it's a speaker there or people that I know are going to be there that I want to connect with. Definitely. I want to do that. And with, and, to attest to what Jeremiah said, uh, when you go, uh, you you gotta you're gonna be uncomfortable because you're gonna have to talk to people, right? So like, like you gotta learn how to talk to people and just like put yourself out there. Uh, number two, if networking events maybe isn't an option for you, maybe you're still trying to get confident in yourself. You're maybe an introvert. Social media. If you guys look at all the guests I've ever had on my podcast. I reached out to him via social media, sent him a DM like, yo, 
got a podcast. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to connect with you. And um, in nine times out of 10, if they see the message, they say yes. They want to connect. They want to share their story. <clears throat> From there, um, we build a relationship. You know, perfect example, Jeremiah and I. I had him on the podcast, and here we are. <laughs> we got our own weekly show on the podcast. So, um, and, and there's been a ton of people that I've connected through social media that I've literally never met in person that were, I consider them like good friends. Like this is like damn near my family right here. I met Jeremiah a one time in person, but this is my guy right here. Right. And we met on social. So social media, um, you know, I specifically rock with Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn is definitely a professional place to, to network and associate with people. And then the third place, so we got number one, networking events, number two, social media, and number three, I'm just going to say be outside. And what I mean by that is when you're in the gym, when you, if you go to the bar, if you, you know what I'm saying? If you go golfing, whatever the case is, the grocery store, be more open to having conversations with people. Right. And I know at the gym, it's usually our time to like focus and whatnot, but I'll be honest, sometimes I'll go on the sauna, I'll take my headphones off and just see if I can kind of spark a conversation with somebody and just chop it up. You never know who you're sitting next to. You never know who's in the same room as you. So, um, you know, again, if you like going to the bar, if you like golfing or whatever the case is, or just if you're out on Target, like challenge yourself to like, yo, today, let me meet one new person. Let me see if I can connect with one person. If not, and it's not like you trying to holler at people. It's just like, yo, how are you doing? What do you do for work? Are you from Dallas? Um, and, you know, that typically will take you into a different conversation. But for me, those are the three different places that I network, that I meet people. And, um, you know, I mentioned it, we mentioned it before. We have a men's group. And on that men's group, I think probably 95% of them I've never met in person. But these are guys that I'll probably go to war for. And I met, met them on social media or uh, word of mouth, right? Like yeah. that, yeah. 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 But um, did you have anything else on that? I think I have I have one more thing I wanted to, to get off my chest about the networking. No, man, go ahead. I think that you're giving you're giving game. I, um, I'm taking notes over here myself. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, when and we're going to wrap this up soon, this segment, um, when you are messaging people on social media, specifically LinkedIn, I know, Jeremiah, you get this all the time people will spam you with their service and what they have to offer and what they want you to buy from them. Do not do that. I'm disinterested. Bro. I'm, I'm disinterested. Delete. Like I'm <laughs> literally, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't even, Hey, how are you? Dude, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, yo, we're not doing no, this. No. So I'm done. Our, our point is don't be that person to just copy and paste and send the whole, send the same thing to a hundred people being like, Hey, I have this service. I have this product. Are you interested? Don't do that. Don't be that person. Try if you're if there's somebody that you want to reach out to, look at it from a different perspective. Be more personal, right? Ask them how are you doing. It's great to connect with you. Um, you know what do you enjoy about your your industry? Something that's personal, right? Think about it in real life. Would you go up to somebody with a paragraph of information and say? Yo, would you would you buy this? You would never do that in real life in person, right? So approach social media how you would approach real life. You know what I'm saying? And 
Um, man, I don't know if I should give away all the game. I don't know. What do you think? You got to hold some back. You got to hold some back because, you know, we got we got we got courses. That's <laughs> we got all that. OK, so look, we gave you guys I think we gave you guys a solid information about how to network. Um, there's, there's definitely some other things that you can do to help you get your foot in the door. I think what we'll do is maybe one of these weeks we'll do a segment on, uh, if you're, if you're trying to apply for a job, how to get your foot in the door, how to stand out, um, and for a role. Right. So I think that's something we can do as well, but, um, yeah, check out the book, check out the different places to network with people. And yeah, I mean, with that being said, anything else on networking, we want to give you that information quick, valuable, straight to the point. Just want to make sure they got practical steps, man. They got a book and they got gems. So you should have took notes and took notes over the book. So there we go. Yep. We yep. Speaking about taking notes, um, I know everybody's been taking notes and looking at the real estate market. Everybody's been curious. Everybody's been wondering what's going on, what's going to happen, right? So there is an article that just came out uh, by Market Insider. It states, well, the, the, the headline of the article is, the housing market has never been this unaffordable for new home buyers, right? So basically, the article Man. states, the group's purchase application payment index hit a record high. Now, stay with me. I know we, we, we're putting out some big words here, right? So... That all-time high is indicating that it's a declining affordability for new home buyers. So anytime that you hear the purchase application payment index high, high up, that means um, it indicates that borrowers are, are not really able to afford, um, you know, uh, help me out, Jeremiah. They can't really afford the, the, the conditions, right? If it's lower, it's obviously... No, they, yep, yep. they can't afford the economic conditions. Yeah. yeah. You can't afford... Basically, you can't afford to get in the house. Yeah. So, and that could be due to um, increasing loan amounts, you know, the mortgage rate, mortgage rates going up, and also uh, maybe even a de decrease in earnings, right? This year, we've been seeing a mass of layoffs uh, from different companies. So, yeah. people have been losing their salaries and whatnot. Yeah. So, just a couple other points to, to keep it rolling a little bit. The national medium income, I'm sorry, the national medium mortgage payment in April was a little over $2,000 a month. That was the medium mortgage payment was a little over $2,000 a month. Out of the 25 largest cities in America, only St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, and Baltimore qualify as affordable which is crazy. And then Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, Florida, and California seeing the highest readings and the highest rates. Um, Idaho was a little, was a little um, interesting to me. I didn't expect it to be that high, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what's going on with that, man. And what are your thoughts? I, I mean, the breakdown of that, let's start with the, I'll go backwards. Um, Idaho <clears throat> Idaho is more expensive and the growth you see in that is because Californians are moving to Idaho, mm, they're moving to the true, Boise area. True, true. And so what you see is if I sell my home in California for $950,000, I go into a market where the houses are, you know, two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000, I have cash in my pocket. Right. And so to outbid everybody, I'll tell the guy, hey, I'm going to pay you $600,000 for this house that's only worth 300000 in the market. 
Well, you get enough of those people doing that. And what happens is the market begins to shift up. And so in Idaho, what you see is that the market is shifting up in response to, you know, Californians that are moving in and increasing the market value of stuff simply because they're willing to pay outrageous numbers. We saw the same thing happen in Austin, Mm -hmm. um, in Texas, Mm -hmm. right? Austin's the only place basically is Little California. That's what they call it. Everyone moved from California to the tech giants. People moved from there. Um, Austin's like the number two highest place to live in the United States now. This is the way that things have happened. And, you know, going and then moving forward, moving back from that. Now, a lot of people, uh, what they end up what they end up seeing is, is that their money doesn't go as far as it used to go. Mm-hmm. Inflation's crazy, right? And so you already have, I'm going to break it down for you. You have building homes, new home builders. They're seeing increased prices to actually build the home because the raw materials are more expensive. Given relationships that we have, right, the strain on the dollar and all this stuff that we have, you see the dollar falling off and then import costs of materials and stuff cost more. They turn that cost over to who? To the purchasers of the Mm -hmm. home. These are all things that are going just, you know, across the board. Mm -hmm. And then not to mention, obviously, mortgage rates are high right Mm -hmm. now, right? Six percent, six, five point five to six percent. So it's expensive to borrow money. So not only is my dollars that I have in my bank account right now failing in value, right? Or they're losing value. Now it's more expensive. So I need even more of those dollars to purchase or get a loan because I'm having to pay out, you know, 5.5 to 6% interest on a loan that used to cost me 2.9 just two years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, in 2021, you were looking literally, that's what you were looking at. You were looking at 2.9% interest on a home. Everybody was going in, right? And COVID, all this stuff was happening. Now we're coming out of it and it's just, you know, it's leaving people in a bad place. And lastly, the layoffs that are occurring. People, here's the thing. You can prepare yourself for three to nine months of income, right? But you don't prepare for years of loss of income due to what? Due to losing your job. You don't prepare for that. You can prepare for you know, uh, maternity leave or something like that. But most people, even I looked at the numbers, right? So 80% of Americans have less than a thousand dollars in savings. Mm-hmm. So if you look in juxtaposed to the $2,000, right? You got $2,000, the median rent is 2000. That means they're taking the extremes highs, the extreme lows, right? And in the median yeah. and somewhere in the middle, if I put all those numbers together, yeah. right in the middle is $2,000. But if I have less than a thousand dollars in savings and I lose my job, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. I'm the working poor. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a position where I can't even purchase a home if I get kicked out of this one because on my record, it says that I just defaulted on the loan. So there's all this stuff that's going on. That's the breakdown basically for me when I when I see stories like this. I'm looking at the and maybe it's because like my engineer brain or something, but I just start to look at the underlying you know, factors as to why these things are happening. And it's super important that us as just people that are homeowners um, in different generations. Chris, I know probably a couple of weeks ago, something I said and people kind of shocked, but our generation, we're not hard set on purchasing homes. Oh, this can be a- Now for investors, maybe, yeah. but we're not hard set on buying something for ourselves to live in because why? I'm paying that money. And that money that I put into purchasing the home, I don't have access to that money anymore. It's spent, yeah, it's gone, yeah, right? Yeah. You're not going to have access to equity for years. Mm-hmm. So what could you do with the home? You're like, oh, well, I can resell it. Yeah, if you're not upside down. And so a lot of people in our generation, uh, you know, the millennials, 
Generation Z, they're saying, I don't know if it's my dream to just buy yeah. a home to live yeah. in. Plus, I like around. I like doing different things. And so I'm saving money on rent. And rent is sometimes more affordable now than purchasing a home. Yeah. So no. that's where no. man. Wow. No, that's that's a really good point. I was actually going to bring that up because a lot of people, like you said, millennials, Gen Zs, are seeing renting as maybe a cheaper alternative, right? Because we said uh, the median mortgage payment is two thousand one hundred and twelve dollars a month, right? That's just a mortgage. That's not including the upkeep of the house and maybe any expenses, um, right? And I know this. Pro- Oh There's God. pros and cons to renting. I, yeah, but I've talked about that. And this that's an old, like, I won't say old. That's like Generation X and back, right? They'll push that on you. But, like, really, like you just said, set and look at the expenses, bro. If your AC goes out, that's $3,500 yeah. for that AC unit. That's out of your pocket. You Nobody else is paying that. The maintenance of a home, uh, homeowners association, mm-hmm. property taxes, Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So what? Uh, how much? If I invested that money, how much of that money? What would that do for? A hundred percent. Instead of going. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because, like you said, AC goes out in this apartment. We just call the maintenance team. They come in and fix it. That's it. Somebody come. Yeah. Yeah, come fix it. So, uh, what are your thoughts about this? Because I I came across this quote, and it's been it's probably been maybe a year since I heard it, and it's always stuck with me. The guy in this video said. It's best if you can rent where you want to live and buy where you can afford. So his thing is 100%. If you want to live in downtown Miami, downtown Dallas, wherever, and you can afford that, go ahead and rent and do that. But from there, buy where you can afford. So to me, it kind of makes sense because now you can purchase uh, a property that you're not going to necessarily live there, but maybe you can buy it, fix and flip buy it so somebody can rent it out um, or so forth, right? So to me, that makes a lot of sense. What are your thoughts about that? That's 100% correct. And that's that's a millennial way of thinking, right? Yeah. I'm going to purchase uh, a lot of cities, inner cities now are gentrified. And so, yeah, rent is high, but it gives you the views. You have the access to the shopping, access to uh, whatever entertainment stuff that's part of that city. I can rent something for 2400 live in a nice penthouse right there, you know, in a nice apartment downtown. And then I can purchase a home on the exterior on in the suburbs, you know, and then if anything, it's probably nicer. If it's not, I can fix it up for minimal of the cost of what I would have 100%. if I would have tried to purchase something in the city Yeah, and then I can flip it and I'm making money. So yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. I, I go by that all day. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Rent where you want to live and purchase where, where you can afford. It's a hundred percent correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, love that. So definitely wanted to to bring that to you guys and share that information. Very interesting um, stuff that's going on in the, the the real estate market right now. We actually on our our men's call, we had somebody in the real estate industry on the call, and he was kind of giving us some game. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. historically, real estate has always risen and will continue to rise, right? So, like I said, it's pros and cons. Um, do your due diligence, do what's best for you. I know there's some people that will probably argue against what we're saying night and day, right? But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the and day- And they could, and they yeah, could, and, sure. and, I, and I'm no, no shade against them, but I bet that they're real estate agents or a broker, right? True. So, it, it, and nothing wrong with that. It would benefit, everyone's going to say something that's going to benefit, and you can look at it from different perspectives. 
I'm going to say something positive for their perspective. You know, in 1980, the rates was like 11 and a half, 12 percent for a loan on a house. Right. And so it isn't that we've never seen these numbers before. It'll go back down. I won't promise it'll go back down to 2.9 because that was dang near impossible. It was robbing. <laughs> it helped to be why we're at, why we're at where we're at. But but, you know, no, it'll go back down, though. You know, so it's it's what whatever your goal is. Let's say that. hundred What's your financial goal? hundred percent. Let me say that. It's what your financial goal is. I just who the people I sit down with, the more millennials, they're more ambitious and focused on doing some other things. And so it fits better into their plan to do things that way. It's funny because it also depends on where you live too. A hundred percent, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I the the other day I was speak, speaking to a young lady that I had on the podcast, and she was saying that she sold her home in California and moved to Dallas, Texas in 2019. So right before like COVID and all that, and she was saying like she was just smiling like my mortgage rate is stupid low. <laughs> I know she was. She was smiling. Elevator. I know she like, was. Like perfect she was, timing, she... bro. Man. Wow. Perfect timing. That's amazing. Yeah. It is perfect yeah. timing. And I actually moved. Here's the backwards. I moved from Texas to California in 2019. Wow. Crazy. Interesting. Do you, just real quick, just real quick, do you plan on staying in Northern California? Are, are, you and I spoke about it offline. No. So let me, let me, let me. Yeah, you talk to the people yeah. real quick. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I know I'm not. Uh, I mean, you know, everybody, however, whatever, everybody's got their own opinion. Californians will tell you California is the greatest thing ever. I'll say this. Um, I wasn't, I'm not used to the taxes. So I don't like state taxes. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, obviously the cost of living is super expensive. Very beautiful. I'm not, you know, however, mm -hmm. whatever. Right. But uh, I'm a tropical guy. So I'm, mm -hmm. I, I got to be more. In a tropical feeling, man. I need some palm trees and some warm ocean. Can't do the cold water, that. man. I heard that. I heard that. Love that. So, um, yeah, dope. Moving on a little bit. We got a couple more minutes. We want to hit on this last story, this last topic that we came across. Um, very phenomenal. interesting and phenomenal story. Two Mexican entrepreneurs just created leather out of cactus leaves right so uh two entrepreneurs from mexico has created vegan leather out of cactus leaves which is um it, it's crazy right it's just super innovative uh the vegan leather is partially biodegradable yet yeah, biodegradable. biodegradable there you go <laughs> man um so what that means it, it's basically it's flexible it's breathable. which just means it breaks down people yeah, yeah. So it's flexible, yeah. it's breathable, and it, it can last for at least 10 years is what they're stating. Um, the material feels like animal-based leather, and companies can use it as furniture uh, for car interiors, leather accessories, and clothing. Uh, we definitely wanted to bring this up because not only is it dope that two Latinos have created this type of leather, but also when you're speaking about uh, the environment and clothing and whatnot, you guys know how bad creating clothes is for the environment. So uh, they said the vegan leather is also projected to help reduce plastic waste by 30 to 42 percent, could lower water consumption by 20 percent. And there's also some uh, companies out there that are already crafting cruelty free leather. Um, there's a footwear brand named No Saints where they basically turn food waste into vegan leather sneakers and Porsche, of course, Porsche, um, there a, a new electric car can be ordered in 
with a vegan leather interior. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, anytime that you have, you know, I'm, I love science, right? And I love this type of stuff. This is phenomenal. Anytime that you have two Latino entrepreneurs that are on the forefront, right? On the cutting edge of science and doing things that are, that's, that's just crazy, right? I mean, think about it. You got cactuses everywhere. Mm-hmm. You go to the desert out here, the, um, Chris, what you were telling me, what is it? The Inland Empire or whatever. You go down that way, Palm Desert, Palm City, uh, Palm Springs, all that. You got cactus everywhere, right? Get into Arizona, same thing. So it's plentiful. It's going to lower the consumption of animals, right? Which then that's that's less harmful on the actual environment. I mean, it's 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 a win-win, yeah. right? I mean, and, and think about it. We can convert this. It could be broken down. And probably when you take that out or if it if it if you're not using it anymore, you could turn those bags into something. It could be repurposed, you know, mm-hmm. and reused for something else. So that's another yeah. thought process. It's sustainable. So you got to love it. I, I think it's yeah, 100%. Man, and I hope that they have great success with it. Hopefully they get. Some- yeah. 100 percent. 100 percent. No, 100 um, percent. What's interesting is what cactus as well. You don't, I mean, they can survive what damn near off of no water. So it's not like you're watering them. It's not like you're upkeeping them or anything like that. They can pretty much survive on their own. It's the only thing that I'm kind of conflicted with it. And this this is just me being playing devil's advocate, right? So let's look at it. If we put vegan leather. In a car. In a car. If we put vegan leather, let's just say Louis Vuitton comes (laughs) out with a bag that's vegan leather how long is that joint going to last? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we want our, our, our luxury items Listen, to hold value, you know? It, the thing about it is for me, like if it's going to, if it's only going to last three, four years, then that means there's a price reduction. They're going to have to start looking at price sure. reductions. And if you know that it's vegan leather and where it comes from, you're going to have to cut that stuff. Instead of two or $3,000 for that, you're going to, it's only going to be 500 bucks. 300 bucks yeah. you have to because mm-hmm. it's not going to last mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no for sure um yeah i mean i, I think it's, it's it's a great move you know when you look at fast 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 fashion companies they create an absurd amount of clothing when i say fast fashion i'm talking about like forever 21 h&m uh what's the new one fashion nova mm-hmm. where they just pumping out all these fashion clothes, nova. right yeah fashion nova um, the U.S. discards over 2,000 pieces of clothing every second. So if you, you can only imagine, like, if we can maybe take off some of them leather pieces and replace it with vegan leather, it could only help the environment that much more. And I'm not trying to come on here and be a tree hugger, but super innovative, you know, glad to see it. it's people from our community that are taking advantage of what the earth is given so um love to see it for sure absolutely i think that uh we should we should just continue to obviously support these guys i'm going to be super interested to figure out where this story goes and you know in the future see if i can buy some Mm -hmm. see if the quality if there's a difference between the quality if they get it adapted by somebody major let's say a tesla or somebody like that get get it adapted by somebody major it'll take off so good luck to them man take off crazy yeah so with that being said um hope you guys enjoyed these topics as always we're going to leave the links to every single one of these articles in the description of this podcast feel free to share this episode with two other people out there jeremiah any last words before we head out here 
No, man, I'm just super grateful for our, everybody that tunes in every single week. We appreciate you guys. We see the numbers growing. Um, like, like Chris said, share it with two people. We thank you guys. We love the support and everything. And then let us know in the comments whenever you share this and you're on the page, drop down in the comments and give us some suggestions. Give us some things you want to hear about. Maybe there's something you want to hear me talk about. Maybe, Chris, you want to hear Chris. Write it down for us. We want to make sure that we're providing value to you guys. So thank you again. Yep, absolutely. With that being said, it's a lot. Most family, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.